Welcome to Inside Jokes. This is about the art of comedy. With Sandra Carusi. We get in the mind of the comic. On Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, Matt. Yeah, Sam. Hey, have you talked to Mark lately? Uh, I haven't really talked to him, but he looks pretty uh, down. <laughs> he looks pretty uh, down. Yeah, well, maybe we should cheer him up then. What do you uh, suppose we should do? Well... Oh, there we go. Yeah, I wanted to wait till that really kicked in. Summer fun. Summer fun in Canadian comedy. Right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our fantastic friends at Hakeem Optical. Your eyes can have it all. If you're listening right now and you thought, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if my eyes can really like have it all. They can at Hakeem Optical. It's right there in their jingle, in fact. Today on the show, we're talking uh, just how fun it is to do comedy in the summertime in Toronto, Canada, especially. Comedy and summer go so well together. People want nothing more in Canada than to not be outside and to sit in a basement somewhere and listen to a good solid 90 minutes to two hours of jokes and frustration. As our guests today in studio know all too well, we have comics Claire Belford and Heather McDonald in studio with us. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. Studio audience will give you one of live studio audience. Uh, Heather and Claire, right? (laughs) Heather and Claire, both hosts, both producers, both comics uh, in their own right. Claire, of course, actually, um, listeners of this show might not know, but out in Edmonton, you started actually built one of what I would say is actually one of the best comedy rooms in the country, quite frankly, at Empress. Thank uh, you very much. I don't, I don't know how many listeners we get that would be going <laughs> to a Sunday night comedy show in Edmonton, but I think it's still running to this day, it's right? It's still running. It's definitely uh, one of the most complimented things about me. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been complimented as well on anything since. So thank you. Well, that's, and we've talked about this on the show, but for our listeners who haven't heard us talk about this, that's one thing that happens to Canadian comics is you come from whatever city you're from, your comedy hometown, and you have all these credits and then you go, I'm now it's the time I'm going to pack my bags and head to Toronto where everything happens. Uh, (laughs) And then you come here and there's like 3000 comedy shows, quote unquote, and just eight million open micers and all this stuff that happens that just sort of uh i don't know would you guys say so both of you run a show called comedy on college together which is on summer break as many things are in comedy because you know we get it too comics want to be out on patios and stuff too we understand Mm -hmm. so comedy does kind of slow down in the summer except (laughs) for it is festival season Mm -hmm. Uh, and we're going to talk a bit about just for laughs in montreal later in the show but you guys do this show comedy on college which is three years old now or yeah we just turned three wow may in may which uh congrats three for that by the way (laughs) well that is like a pretty big milestone yeah in indie weekly comedy rooms in toronto because it is there is so much going on here and it is, I think it's tough for audiences in Toronto, and you guys certainly know, producing a show and trying to build a show, uh, as you have successfully so far, I think it's tough for audiences in this city to really know the difference between going and seeing, quote-unquote, a legitimate, you know, well-produced comedy show, or just stumbling into, like, an open mic that's mm-hmm. happening in the back of a bar. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know which one of ours is. Ours is <laughs> Those two examples yeah. you're describing. <laughs> A hybrid. <laughs> a hybrid of both, I yeah. think. A lot of people describe it as a booked open mic. Well, but... and it is kind of one of those. I mean, and those are sort of the core rooms in Toronto where a lot of stuff happens. You get these shows mm-hmm. that, 
you know, you have established comics coming by shows like yours to prep stuff. Like right now, they're taking off to Just for Laughs or they're yeah. going and doing Top Comic. So yeah, we, come had to, by... we had to cancel on a lot of really good comics when we went right? on hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you get you get this flood of these sort of mm. bigger comics coming in and practicing all this stuff. Is it is that kind of a wrestling match for you guys still to kind of try and find that balance between, okay, we want to put up new comics and sort of highlight these oh, people we think are funny. Definitely. 100%. And also trying to... Yeah, Give I think we do actual... a pretty good job of like getting a, a good mix of people on each show. We try to. It's the show is well balanced. Like each show, I think like each individual show is well balanced mm-hmm. in terms of like having pros and new people. But we're very good at. I feel booking. like probably more, <laughs> yeah, we're really good at. It. You know, Sandra, Sandra, and I like we kind of would do live show versions of this show even and it's it's true like when you're producing shows especially in a city like toronto where so many people flock here from other cities and where so many comics are just getting their start here Mm -hmm. you really do have to be gatekeeper in a way where you're okay i'm producing a show i need it to stand out in this ocean of a million shows and you kind of have to produce the show you want to produce right so not everybody gets to be on the show all the time and you have to sort of vet that quality Mm -hmm. definitely oh we like book people we like yeah so like (laughs) we we book comics we like to see and so we enjoy every show that we put on yeah it's a hangout too right oh for sure it always felt like that i want to get into a little bit of what it takes to uh to produce a weekly show in a city like toronto and what what comedy in the summer does mean especially with the lead up to festivals like just for laughs that's taken over this summer right here we'll be right back on inside jokes on global news radio 640 toronto Hi, this is Sugar Sammy, and you're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra the Cruiser Carusi. Mm-mm-mm, gotta get me some of that. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you by Hakeem Optical, helping you see comedy more clearly. That's a, <laughs> that, yeah, that's a slogan that uh, I think Sandra came up with that for them. I don't know if they're aware of this, but... Yeah. Uh, that's the new cell line they gave for them. If you're just tuning in, we're in studio with comedians Claire Belford and Heather McDonald, who are uh, taking a summer break. <laughs> <laughs> from, That's a good way of putting right? it. Yeah. We're just on summer a little hiatus. Vacation. Little vacation. A lot of people, yeah. do, you know, comedy on college, it's out yeah, for the summer. Break, but summer break. <laughs> Right. Is that and, and comics know producing shows it is it is a tough struggle to get it's a tough struggle to get a regular audience coming in week over week definitely. no matter like what we have we definitely have regulars but you know the, the first signs of patio weather the first signs of summer like it's so hard to get somebody to come into the back of a dark yeah. bar <laughs> like you were saying before it's like comedians want to sit on patios too but yeah. honestly comedians would I they would not you know rather work yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's all because audiences slow down yeah definitely yeah. we would have no oh, problem we have no filling. problem yeah. getting comments. <laughs> <laughs> well and it is strange in the summer especially this chunk of time right now in the summer because everybody is taken off to Montreal for just for laughs or everybody's gearing up for other festivals that are going on or you see like you know there's smaller festivals and and one-off shows that pop up like in cottage country and stuff like that so it kind of feels a little bit like a ghost town but mm-hmm. for you guys what does your schedule look like right now with with putting comedy on college on summer break, and you're bringing it back in the fall? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, pretty wide open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I've been able to spend a lot more time at another show I run on Mondays. So that's my schedule. Mondays are full. Mondays are full. <laughs> <laughs> For you guys, what's it, what's it all about, though? Like, we've talked to a lot of comics on this show about, well, obviously, what's the end goal, you know, especially coming to Toronto, because so many people do end up starting their own shows. It's sort of the age of the indie producer in Toronto the past few years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, sometimes do you get that feeling where you're you're producing these shows, you're going on that grind, you're hitting everything out versus just exposure, because I think comics get hit with expo- with promises of, quote unquote, exposure all the time. That's the currency that's offered to us. What's it all about for you guys at the end of the day? Like, what are you hoping to lead up to? Oh, for sure. The drink tickets. <laughs> yeah. Just the free drink I'm in tickets? I'm for the drink tickets. <laughs> Yeah, the hangs. The, <laughs> <laughs> the hangs, the drink tickets. You know, you know I, something to do. The reason I came to Toronto was just like a desire to get better. Yeah. I felt like this was the best place to improve. It really does because you're offered, you know, it's sort of a double-edged sword because you come to Toronto from Edmonton, let's say, or from Calgary or Montreal, wherever it is. You come to Toronto, you've established yourself a little Elmira. bit. Elmira. Elmira. <laughs> Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. But Toronto was your comedy hometown yeah right? Heather, this is, this is where this you is started. Where I started doing comedy and it is a different thing like I started here too mm-hmm. I wasn't from here but I started here and it's a different thing coming up in Toronto versus establishing yourself for a few years in another mm-hmm. city and then making the move here yeah. mm-hmm. I've seen it so many times where comics will come from like Ottawa or something and they'll be like what is this because <laughs> yeah. you know you're I'm in- really grateful I came when I did because there's like a threshold point where if you wait too long and establish yourself too much in another scene it's going to hurt so much more to come here because nobody cares when you get here yeah that you made a name for yourself somewhere else you have to like toronto is the center of the universe in canada in terms of comedy so like i don't know it is i've heard of like really big comics coming from vancouver like the next biggest scene and just hating it here because no one wanted to see them oh (laughs) it's true i've seen it happen lots of times comics come and they're like but where i come from there's like two clubs and everybody pays money seven days a week and the audiences love it but you come to toronto it's like now i'm at a bar at one in the morning and there's hoping to get on hoping to get on yeah i'm 22nd in the lineup and there's five people on their phones and stuff like that but it is people come here to sort of you the one the double-edged sword is you sort of you do get ample stage time here you could pretty much be on stage Really, all night, every night. I mean, mm-hmm. it, there's shows come and go. Right? Yeah. If you play your cards right, and I think that's sort of what people come here for. But I think, yeah, there is that idea that while Toronto is where everything's based, and you know, all the TV is here, and all the agents are here, and all that stuff, it's all true. Mm-hmm. But it's a weird thing in a way where you have to you live in Toronto and you can start your own things here, mm-hmm. but then you have to like use Toronto as home base and just leave it to make money. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like I mean, I haven't gotten to the point yet where I <laughs> make money. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's good advice. Good. <laughs> yeah, but that's what you do. Like you see it. Yeah. I, like Claire said, not within myself, but like you <laughs> see it happening where, you know, all the, you know, comics hit a glass ceiling of Canada, yeah. of Canadian entertainment. And they're if they want to continue or get bigger or be more successful or keep doing this get paid yeah they have to move to the states or the uk or well and that's the thing like that's something we're constantly struggling with especially now we're really trying to make an effort to make it more possible for comics to stay at home and be based Mm -hmm. here because those days of you know the the canadian sort of road dog stand-up comic that would just go and tour around forever those 
those days are kind of done where you can just do just exclusively that. I think Mike McDonald, who we lost this year, was one of really the last people of that era. Mm -hmm. You know, it kind of doesn't exist anymore. So you kind of have to build as many of your own things as possible. But do you guys think that it's possible to try and stay home, stay in Canada and carve out some sort of a living for yourself? Or is Toronto just really the training ground for LA or New York? Well, hopefully, like, if things change, <laughs> you know, with the with the cask and yeah. getting more funding for stand-up comedy, recognizing stand-up as an art form and getting funding for it, hopefully things will change. Like, that's for sure going to get the ball rolling. Yeah, and actually, I want to come back and talk a bit more about that. We've talked about uh, a lot of the lobbying that's happening right now for Canadian comics. We'll get back into that right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. This is Molly Earl, and uh, you're listening to Sandra Carusi on Inside Jokes. So I guess that's about your liver. My liver and my... uh, (laughs) Still got my teeth, and uh, (laughs) my own teeth. And we're on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you by Hakeem Optical. Uh, Today we're going to talk a little bit about the Gist for Laughs Festival. We have a special guest later on joining us from Montreal, but we're also talking about what's happening in Canadian comedy (laughs) with all, all of us who didn't go to Montreal. It's the leftovers episode. Uh, no, we were talking before the break about sort of what it takes to produce a returning weekly comedy show in a city that is, you might say, oversaturated by comedy like Toronto. Uh, and we're talking to Claire Belford and Heather McDonald. And do you guys find, I don't know, I've and it certainly is changing the last few years, but I've been in Toronto almost a decade now. And it's it's for a city that has so many comedy shows going on and not just random open mics, but actual good, you know, indie comedy shows that most people in the city have no idea are happening unless it's at, you know, one of the clubs or a comedy bar or a bad dog or something. Do you guys, is that a huge part of the struggle for you guys? Is just like getting people to not be weary of watching live comedy? There seems to be a hesitance. Um, Honestly, I think that that attitude is, I think as comedians, we've really internalized that attitude. Yeah, that's true. Because you've, you've seen the odd people that come in and are like, wary or like you know there's the whole idea i don't want to sit in the front row but honestly for the most part people are pretty keen on it like people are excited to watch a show anyone i tell ever that i do a comedy show everyone's always like oh my god that sounds great Mm -hmm. yeah maybe that attitude's changing like i used to talk to people more who were like oh i just don't want to be picked on or Mm -hmm. whatever i'm like that doesn't happen that often unless you're not a nice audience member Mm -hmm. you know if you're just like there enjoying the show you're going to have a great time. Yeah, and I think the comics really just want to yeah. <laughs> do their material, yeah. get their stuff out there. Well, that's and really I think why people are out there. Comedy in general has really shifted away from that sort of, I mean, that still exists. That confrontational. But like, I think a lot yeah, of new comics sure. aren't going out there trying to make a show of an audience member. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I think th- it, the same goes both ways. I know for me, and I'm sure you guys have heard this a million times, but anyone finds out you're a comic, they're like, oh my God, you must fight with hecklers all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the first thing you people know? want to talk about. Always. They're always like, what, what about the hecklers? And really, you don't. First off, you don't run into that very often. Mm-hmm. And when you do, 90% of the time, it's not like there's some like 
pro hecklers who are going around to like heckler <laughs> open mics and you know working their way up to 20 minutes of heckling it's normally just drunk people of yeah right they're trying That's to cut great. their teeth and but it's normally drunk people who are just like i'm part of the show now I'm yeah helping. it's yeah. like yeah it's I'm well meaning yeah well meaning mm-hmm. heckling they don't even realize they're heckling they just the worst kind of heckling think i think is when it. you say something and somebody in the audience goes oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the nicest you know it comes from the nicest place but it feels the worst yeah <laughs> really, i've had that a lot i have I'd a lot of sad material me yeah call me something mean than odd something i say that's i'm trying to be funny well yeah, i can't it's so lead rare anywhere for someone anymore to let just yell out mean stuff or like you suck yeah. that's never happened at least you can go somewhere with that because yeah yeah you know yeah yeah if you're like, um, oh, that's when my dog drowned, and then someone's like, I yeah. don't know what. Jesse's, I'd like to know Jesse's the tag for that. Closer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's when my dog drowned, and then I just sort of Charlie Brown off stage. <laughs> there is no tag for that joke. I just tell you about that and leave. It's not far from the truth, really. Get my album Life Hack. It's 90 minutes of just a collection of sad things that have happened to me in 30, almost 35 years. Little plug there. For you guys, we were talking before the break uh, about the effort, especially with the Canadian Association of Stand-Up Comics, CASC, that we've talked about a lot on this show. That's, of course, a big passion project uh, that Sandra Carusi is a part of, which is basically trying to get not only funding allocated for mm-hmm. comedy in Canada, but just the simple gesture of recognizing comedy as an art form. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be okay. Which is so insane to me. I mean, co- comedy is arguably, you know, Canada's biggest export or one of Canada's biggest exports. And we love to talk about the people who, you know, ran away and never came back and became famous and go like, they're Canadian, mm-hmm. but it's still happening here. There's still comedy here. And it is so funny because we're literally not classified as an art form. It'd be like the government being like, wheat. No, wheat isn't a thing. Wheat's we- not a plant. Yeah. We've never sent wheat, <laughs> wheat to anyone. There's no wheat here. What are you talking about? Yeah. Wheat's not a real farm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then wheat comes in, like bread comes in from the states. Saskatchewan's so sad. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, we love your wheat." Yeah, yeah. Like, we grew that here, oh by God, the way. That's yeah. such good bread. We love bread. We'll that's pay you so much money for this bread. And I guess Toronto is sort of a microcosm of that in a way. Because you made that analogy before. I'm sorry. I the really bread thing. It. Yeah. No, actually, I love it. Right? These things just happen when we're on the radio. That's radio just magic. Great, great analogies. <laughs> uh, only here, though. And then my brain shuts down the rest of the time, and it's just brushing cats that's what it is the rest of the time wow that's what's going on the rest of the time it's exciting <laughs> but i guess toronto is a smaller version of that you know we we're talking about how these comics flood in from other cities and you come here and you you start from scratch in a way like mm. you might have a couple things in brackets beside your name like oh you did hubcap you did winnipeg but then you come here yeah and you... i did the edmonton improvaganza festival <laughs> right widely respected wow. in stand-up <laughs> and now you're here just raking up those drink tickets yeah, yeah. oh boy dream come true yeah but I guess that is, do you think ultimately that's what Toronto is, is the sort of U.S. training ground? Because, I mean, even our even our most established comics who have gone to L.A., they come back with kind of that same story where it's like, well, yeah, you go to L.A. and nobody yeah, it's, cares. It's like magnified down there. Though. It is, that, that, yeah. That shift in your importance in a scene. <laughs> for sure. Especially um, when, like, every festival you could have done, they only know what Just for Laughs is. That's mm. it. And I think yeah. they call it the Montreal Comedy Festival. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that part of what you guys kind of want to do with the show is just like we're giving people a platform to grow and cut their teeth and then oh, ultimately take off? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess so. That'd be a happy yeah, honestly. accident. Sending <laughs> people Basically, away. All we want to do is I started <laughs> do a show. The show 
uh, because I was like new in stand up mm-hmm. and yeah. I work full time, so I don't go to too many open mics. It's just too much for me. It's too late. Um, and I was like, I want to do a show where I am doing comedy with people I really like in comedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and and also to have a, a space for people to work out material and work stuff out. It's nothing like too fancy. It's at a bar. But it's a lot of fun, and like when the audiences are good, I'm just trying to get people to come to the show now. I like <laughs> when that. When the audiences are good, it's the most fun. It's so much fun. I think that's your new because we were trying to come up with new cell lines for it during the break. I think that's a new one. It's nothing too fancy. <laughs> dot dot dot. It's in the bar. Just come. It's good. And yeah, when the audiences are fun, you it's like fun. It when you're an audience member. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with more inside jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Simon Rakoff, and you are listening to Sandra Carusi on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All right, welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're talking comedy in the summertime, summertime stand-up. Some of our guests, uh, Heather McDonald and Claire Belford, are just beaching it. They're (laughs) taking the summer off, enjoying some downtime. Summer, though, does slow down for weekly shows and indie shows, but it is also festival season, of course, and the world-famous Just for Laughs Festival is happening now in Montreal. Joining us on the show now, uh, you may have seen him on Comedy Central, Late Night with Seth Meyers, MTV and MTV2, IFC, and, of course, he also just uh, taped a new Netflix special. Uh, appearing again at this year's Just for Laughs Festival, we have Matteo Lane with us on the line. Hello. Bonjour. How are Bonjour. you? Bonjour. Yeah, you, you you probably just by being in Montreal, you know more French than anyone who lives in Toronto already. Uh, you were at Montreal for Just for Laughs for the New Faces in 2014? Yes, I was. I was a, I was a fresh new face. And now I come out and I'm like, oh, the old face. And um, but, you know, I could get I could get some surgery and be new again. But uh, yeah, I was a new face in 2014, and I went. I came back in 2016, and now I'm back again. And this year, of course, you're doing uh, one of the big hits of the festival every year, the Ethnic Show, and you have your solo show Streisand at the Bon Soir. Uh, and actually, you'll yeah, be joining us at. That uh, you said that. Yeah, I, actually, I want you to l- let us in on a little bit of what exactly what Streisand at the Bon Soir all about, because it's a very different format for just for laughs. Um, well, I mean, not really. I mean, the thing is, is like, I'm an opera singer and I, you know, speak a bunch of languages and I do all these fun things. And I happen to have an obsession with Streisand when she was like really young. So I decided to recreate her show from the 1960s before she was famous. And I do all of her music, but in between it's, you know, I'm just doing my comedy. So it's a mix of comedy and like, I guess old standards. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not dressed up as or anything. It's just me, and I'm just trying to, like, infuse that energy of what I thought that what I thought that would have been like. So we had our first show, and it was so wonderful and so great. I couldn't believe that it sold out. But it's comedy and music, and it's fun. That's what I love about the Montreal Festival, though, and I think that's still what sort of keeps it a separate animal from, of course, JFL 42 that happens here in Toronto, which is a spinoff, and you're actually coming to Toronto for that this year. Uh, but in Montreal, you do see so many different formats and so many variety shows. Uh, the programming is just so diverse and so wide-ranging. I was curious, though, like, how did this show for you come to be? Like, how did you come up with that whole concept? Uh, I'm gay, and I wanted to do it, and it's basically <laughs> it. But, no, I mean, 
two years ago, my friend Henry Kapersky, who's a brilliant pianist and, and musical composer and writer, and we were like, oh, you know, we should do something together. We have such great chemistry on stage. And I thought, you know what, why don't we just do this? I, I love these, this music, and I think it'd be a great way to just sort of showcase all of our talents. And it kind of worked out. I mean, we really just sort of used the music as the outline, and then the rest is filled in with improv, like, you know, I'm improvising and talking to audience members and making people laugh and doing jokes, and it can be serious. So it really is just a format that allows me to express myself in the most, the most ways that I can. Well, and I did actually want to ask, you know, normally I avoid the, the stock question of like, oh, how did you get into comedy? Were you watching comedy when you were a kid? But for you, you do have such a different backstory. You were living in Italy, oil painting and doing opera, how the hell do you go from that to doing stand-up back in the States and here in North America? Like, how do you make that jump from those oh, two I worlds? Know. I know, I sound ridiculous. I, I'm from Chicago originally, and I grew up on the same block as my first 22 cousins. And, um, you know, I just have a funny, 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 funny family. And so I think humor has always been a part of my way of speech and how I communicate, because that's how I communicate with my family. Uh, but I wasn't a big comedy fan as a kid. I mean, the only comic, comedy I liked as a kid that was accessible to me was Ellen. But I think when you're a young gay kid and you watch comedy, it, there was just there's no gay people doing it, especially yeah. gay men. And every conversation is, men and women are different. Marriage and my kids. And, and it's like just crap I never related to. And to me, it just sounds all the same. So I didn't really find comedy until I was 20 years old and saw Joan Rivers. And that was like, an eye-opener for me, because she was the first person ever I felt speaking directly to me, her and Kathy Griffin and Margaret Cho. So I was way later in life that I became interested in comedy, and it was still through the eyes of a woman, because there was still, again, there's no gay man who's famous doing comedy. So um, at that time, I'd been studying at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. I was studying um, oil painting a la prima method, and I went to go live in Italy as a part of their program at the Università di Illustrazione e Disegnare, and then I, uh, yeah, so I was painting in Italy. I had already studied opera since I was 15, and then when I came back to America, I tried to make it as a singer because I knew I wanted to perform, but, you know, I was performing in gay strip clubs where people booed me. So, you know, I saw my friend was doing, my friend was dating a comedian, and, and that seemed like, you know, part of me had always wanted to do it, but I didn't even know, like, what that meant. Yeah. So he's like, oh, you can do three minutes at my show. And I was like, great. So 38 members of my family came. <laughs> and that was the first time I did comedy, and and I loved it. It comedy is kind of a way. It's like a it's like a vessel for you to do whatever you want. I mean, because of comedy, I got to sing on Comedy Central, Whitney Houston, for three thousand people in a full band. You know, because of comedy, I get to make comic books with Bob the Drag Queen. Because of comedy, I get to do stand up all over the world. I'm going to Italy to do stand up. Like, it, it's 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 a unique art that allows you to do it. You kind of do whatever you want with it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not very limiting in that sense. And it does open up a lot of interesting doors for sure because doing, I think especially being a working comic, you sort of do have to have your hand in a million different projects all the time just to sort of find that balance and just sort of to stay afloat. But I love that you mentioned that you brought like your entire family with you because I think both guests in studio can relate to this and definitely I can. You know, that first little bit when you start and you just like pepper every crowd with as many friends <laughs> as you can find. And then, oh well, let me tell you something about Italian families. I yeah, bring them. they forced themselves on me. And it was, you know, my grandparents and my cousins, and then they only wanted me to talk about them. 
And so when I come back to Chicago, I have to limit the amount of people that I can let at shows because my family just takes over everything. So <laughs> it's not like I was begging people to come. I was like, please get them. I just see an Italian walk through that door. Tell them they have to leave. You know what? That actually, that happens in this studio almost on a weekly basis. When Sandra Carusi is here, I'll come in and there will be like 15 cousins and nephews and some guy bringing in cannoli and all kind. And I'm the manja cake that's just kind of sitting in the corner. Uh, I want to come back and find out a little bit more about what people can uh, see of Mateo at this year's Just for Laughs. We'll be right back right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And you are listening to Sandra Carusi on Inside Jokes, Pants Optional. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're talking summertime stand-up today. We have Claire Belford and Heather McDonald in studio with us. Hello once again. Hi. <laughs> Don't be shy. You can say hello. Uh, and we also have Matteo Lane, who's performing once again at this year's world-famous Just for Laughs Festival down in Montreal. And of course, uh, he'll be coming to the stage here in Toronto for the spin-off JFL 42 festival this fall. Uh, and we're talking to Matteo before the break about his show Streisand at the Bon Soir, uh, and all, of course is also appearing at this year's ethnic show. And we were talking before the break, Matteo, about how, um, you know, starting out when you had a bunch of family members that followed you to your first show uh, and sort of how you found your way into comedy. But I wanted to ask you, so appearing again at Just for Laughs this year, I know for Canadian comics, for us, Montreal is always such a huge rite of passage and it is a career maker. It's sort of the one ticket towards people making that move to the States or whatever it is. Is it Was it the same for you coming up in the States and performing overseas and getting into stand-up? Was Montreal sort of a heralded thing for you as well? Well, yeah, because when you first start comedy, I mean, you really, you're just doing open mics, you're in bars, you're, you know, I mean, it's, like, it's horrible. Um, but I mean, you have to love it. Like I loved it. I loved open mics. I, I, my friend Evan Williams and I, who's a great comic, we just, we were like open mic buddies. And all you hear about is like your only, you know, they make it seem like your only chance of like making it is if you make new faces. And they have like new face auditions every year. And it's very American Idol esque, right? Like they yeah. have auditions all over the country, and they whittle it down, and you have a callback and stuff. So, um, you know, to me, like my main goal was like, oh, I just have to get new faces and um i i'm i you know i'm happy to say i auditioned only once and i got it and it was like oh you know i felt like i was stepping into a situation that might have been too big for me but um you know i mean it, yeah you, it's a place with the mecca of of comedy you're bringing the entire world the industry the comics the agents the managers the tv so everybody comes to montreal and so you know the pressure's on you to make a good impression yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I think it is a rite of passage because then you can say, oh, I went to Montreal. Oh, I was a new face. I, yeah, I did Montreal. Like, you know, it's a cool thing. It's a nice badge to wear. And it's even better when you get to come back because that means, you know, they really like you. So. <laughs> well, and I love what you were talking about before about how, you know, when you first started dabbling in stand-up and when you were first coming up, there were no comics that you saw that really reflected you. There weren't a lot of gay comics. There weren't a lot of voices that represented you as an audience member. And we were talking about that on this show before. Same thing here in Canada. When a lot of comics were coming up in the 90s, there were no comics of color. There were no queer comics. We had the only name we really came up with when we were thinking about back then was Scott Thompson was on Kids in the Hall. And he was doing all these sketches about being gay that on network television. 
right? And he <laughs> and he was doing stuff, and no one even talks about it actually to this day. But he was doing stuff that nobody else was doing. You know, he's creating characters like Buddy Cole and running F word. I won't won't say that name on the show, but he was doing all these characters for a national audience that nobody had ever seen before. So for you coming up, was that sort of an opportunity in a way too, where you were like, okay, well, I can find my own voice and, and create my own audience because nobody is doing the stuff I want to do? Well, I mean, I don't think, I didn't think about it that systematically. Like I thought about it as like, I just want to be a comic. I just, I think they're so cool and I want to be a part of that group. And um, I love the life of comedy. I've never felt more accepted by any group of people more than comedians. Um, and to me, I didn't see it that way. Now that I'm doing it, you know, I'm getting messages from kids all the time. Like, oh, I came up to my parents to the view, or I love wow. watching on TV because it's so cool to see gay people and stuff, which I never really let that sink in because I'm like, oh, it's like too emotional for me to handle. But I think one thing that's really cool that's happening right now is because, you know, there's been a lot of female lesbian comics that have been open and out and talking about it for um, much longer than gay men. And so now we're at a time where, you know, in, in sketch comedy and character comedy, yes, there's been people who are queer, blah, blah, but in straight stand-up, no pun intended, <laughs> um, you know, it's just so rare to find that. And so... There's like a group of us now who are Joel Cambuster, Solomon Giorgio, Tim Dillon, James Adomian, uh, Julio Torres. And I feel like we're like this little gang of gays who are like, you know, like spread the word kind of. You know I mean? <laughs> it's cool because we don't feel bound to any rules. I don't feel bound to, I don't have to limit myself to what I grew up watching. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there, there is no gay comic standard. So I'll make the rules up as I go along kind of thing. And, you know, you get a lot of people who say, oh, well, he's just gay and he's using that for, you know, to get... It's like, no, this is my life. I sleep with men. I love Streisand. My best friend's a drag queen. I'm, I'm a star. I love going to the gym. I, I, this is my life. And, you know, it's sometimes hard for people to watch that and accept that because they think you're just doing it to, to because you're, oh, you know, you're just, don't be just a gay comic. I'm like, what? There are none. So let me be who I am, you know? And that's the whole thing. It's just your you. That's your voice on stage. And I think that it, it is a great point that at the end of the day, audiences coming out to a comedy show want to see something of themselves reflected in that. And they just want to sort of tap out of real life for 90 minutes or whatever it is. Right. So, I mean, everybody sort of cultivates their own audience in that way. Um, I want to thank you again, Matteo, for joining us today. Uh, people, of course, are watching you this week in Montreal for Just for Laughs. Uh, and our listeners in Toronto can catch you this fall. Where's the best way for people to find your stuff? Um, just follow me on Instagram at Mateo Lane. I mean, that's basically all I need. That is. It's all about Instagram. All right. Well, thanks again, Mateo. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye, guys. <laughs> You're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Russell Peters, and you're listening to Sandra Juicy Carusi. <laughs> Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're talking all things stand-up in the summer. Uh, the summer lols, really. Mm-hmm. LOLs, though. Yeah, the summer lols. <laughs> <laughs>
That's the name no, of the show. Summer, we're lolling. Summer LMAOs. L- LMAOs. <laughs> Summer's an interesting time for comedy because, listen, uh, listeners, you're probably on your way back from the cottage right now, actually. And I know that all of you listening just want to sit out on decks and patios all summer, and so do comics. So what happens in the summer is a lot of shows just sort of take a break. People take off and go on tours. They hit the festivals. Or they just, I don't know, go to the park and go to the beach in Toronto and... <laughs> drink craft beer all summer. I don't know. Uh, Two of those guests are in studio with us today. If you're just tuning in, we've had Heather McDonald and Claire Belford in studio with us. Welcome back, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Good to uh, to still be here. Good to still be here. (laughs) We talked to Matteo Lane earlier in the show from Just for Laughs in Montreal. uh, And Heather and Claire, of course, run a really good weekly indie show in Toronto called Comedy on College that happens at Poor Boy on College Street on Tuesday nights. Uh, That is coming back this fall after a summer break. Uh, so what else do you guys have going on this summer? What's the plan? We haven't gotten it worked out yet, but we do have a dream to host a bachelor finale party at <laughs> uh, okay. Poor Boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we haven't bar. really cleared it with the bar yet, but maybe if we promote it, they'll let us do it. Yeah. <laughs> Follow us on co- at Comedy on College yeah, across the updates. board social media to find out if this actually does happen. To, to see if yeah. it does. I think if they're listening, uh, which they aren't, but if they were listening <laughs> <laughs> and they heard the restaurant on the air, they'd be like, well, I have to do that. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have to do it's the Bachelor party. It's a very good party. business move, letting us watch the Bachelor finale. <laughs> At your bar. If, Please. If you guys, because you do get, you know, you get a good mix of of pro comics and established comics mm-hmm. on the show, but you guys have some newbies on uh, once mm-hmm. in a while and some and some sometimes brand new people. Both of you, if you have, what would one piece of advice be for brand new comics out there other than bring as many friends as you can to a show? Because that only lasts so long. The new comics, thing. the friend thing. Because eventually once you oh, yeah. do this full time, you comedy all of your friends away. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. The non-comics go away. <laughs> um, I would say make some friends in comedy yeah. and hit shows with them. Yeah. Just try to meet lots of people and be nice to people. Be nice to people. I would say just nice yeah. to people. Definitely like, enjoy it. Like, yeah. I think a lot of new comics try and turn it into sort of a business too quickly not like not business necessarily but we you know everyone always recommends like go out to shows and and introduce yourself but like Mm. introduce yourself with the purpose of you know getting making a new friend yeah Yeah. like Mm -hmm. don't be like all right i've introduced myself now you'll put me on your show right you know Mm -hmm. like just enjoy the ride yes and also like there seems (laughs) to be this thing yeah yeah hippie aunt just enjoy the ride enjoy the ride guys let's be friends <laughs> yeah I feel like that's what your mom would say by the way Claire I feel like that would be like your mom's advice just enjoy make friends enjoy the ride yeah. you know just enjoy it uh, <laughs> quick side and- note <laughs> Dean does know my mom <laughs> I do know Claire's mom like in real life yeah she let me stay there on tour but I, I also want to say to new comics don't go up to people telling them how many sets you've done this week because no one cares no about one that cares. list yeah. I don't you know people will come up and be like that's 75 sets this month. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Do five or do 500. Just get out there and meet people for the sake of meeting people. Mm-hmm. Great advice. And now for your weekly listings. And the world famous Just for Laughs Festival continues in Montreal. Hit up hahaha.com for tickets, event info, schedules, and more. 
Hi there, I'm Peter Wildman. And I'm Paul Chatto, and we're from the comedy troupe The Frantics. You might remember us from our long-running CBC radio show Frantic Times, or our TV show The Frantics, Four on the Floor. Over the years, we have recorded hundreds of our comedy shows, and now... Thanks to modern technology... We have assembled the very best bits and started a podcast we call The Best of Frantic Times. It is, and it's free. Find us on the Google, just search The Frantics Podcast, and start downloading the best of frantic times. Boot to the head! To the head! And now for this week's Comedy Rx, featuring Matteo Lane on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. All right, so I was in Rome last year. Uh, I'm of Italian descent. Grazie, Forza Sicilia. And um, normally when I go to Italy, I'm just like in Sicily staring at my old relatives, and they're like, manja. So... I was in Rome, and I was like, you know what? I want to have, like, a real date, like a Diane Lane under the Tuscan sun moment. Uh, But then I went on a hookup app, so, like, no. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's hard to figure out who's gay and straight in Italy. They all look gay there. Like, I pass for straight. That's a problem. But I met this guy. He was great. His name was Francesco, and... uh, he was like, kind of, he was in the closet, so meeting up with him was really hard. Like, he kept being like, we have to meet at this place at this time. It's like, is this a drug deal? <laughs> and then when I went to go meet him, he was in like, the, like they had the bar, and then there was like a shadow, and he was just like under the shadow like this. <laughs> I was like, Francesco? And he's like, come on, you know. It was so, Italians are the most dramatic people on the face of the planet. I mean, this was not a date, it was a full blown opera. We immediately started arguing, which, like, who argues on a first date? But I thought he should tell his parents that he's gay. And the word for gay in Italian, by the way, is just gay with an Italian accent. So it's just gay. And so, like, while I'm yelling at him, I'm like, Ma perché tu non puoi dire ai tuoi genitori che tu sei gay? Now we started making out, and, uh... Because he'd never done this before, he started to lose it. So, like, at the end of our opera, he just, like, shoves me aside and starts screaming at himself and goes, Ay, Francesco, what have you done? Oh, it was great. Uh, <laughs> better than American dates where you're like, oh, you have an older brother. More guac, please. Uh, (laughs) Thank you once again for tuning in to Inside Jokes. Thank you to our guests, Claire Belford, Heather McDonald, and of course, Matteo Lane from Montreal. And keep it tuned in right here to Global News Radio 640 Toronto for the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta. See you next week. 